No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free. Hello, Faith Family, and welcome to another edition of Totally Free. It's the radio broadcast ministry of Free to Worship Ministries, now in Midway, Florida, where Pastor Ken Colvin is our senior pastor. And today, man, we're gonna we're gonna go right back into um, faith, family, fitness, finance, fellowship. Seems like every time I get up here, we add another F. I don't know. It's, it's like I feel like it started with like three, like six of them. By next month, we're gonna add football and uh, freedom. <laughs> Glory to God. Faith, family, fitness, finance, fellowship. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about when faith leaves a nation. When faith leaves a nation. Okay, so then what is faith? Now we have to we have to start with this idea of faith. Okay, because right now the United States, man, we're going through it right now. As a nation, we, we are truly, truly going through it. It's a lot of stuff that's going on right around us, okay? Now, the Word of God, it come, you know, the Word of God, it comes from God. Amen. That's why it's called His Word, amen? amen? I know that's deep. Process that. <laughs> now, He gives us truths, He gives us standards, expectations that He has for us. Uh-huh. The way that we ought to act with one another, the way that we ought to carry ourselves when we're in public, the, the, the things that we should do, the way that we should lead our lives. The expectation that we ought to acknowledge God in the way that we live our lives as individuals and as families and as communities and as countries. Now, when a nation holds the truth of God as the guideline for its laws and judgments, that nation has demonstrated that they still trust the ways of the Lord. That nation that lives like this is a nation that has demonstrated that they still have faith in the word of God. Amen. And that nation that lives this way is a nation that, according to the scriptures, will thrive. Amen. Now, the United States is like this, but you're asking me first, you're saying, well, how do I know that it's going to thrive? Turn with me to Proverbs, the 14th chapter and the 34th verse. I know that a nation that lives like this is going to thrive. And it reads, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, we know what righteousness is. God gives us his standards. God tells us what it is that he wants from us. He tells us the directions that he wants for us and it's all according to what it is that God wants. God establishes the guidelines for righteousness. And when we live within the righteousness of God, we as a people will thrive. Amen. Amen. But then we say, well, what is a reproach? Because the Bible says right here that sin is a reproach to any people. Okay? So a reproach is a divine reproach, excuse me, is a divine expression of disapproval. A divine expression of disapproval. So when we look around and we see people doing stuff that they ought not, beating one another, committing violence towards one another, killing one another, fighting amongst one another, stealing from one another, deceiving one another, 
these things are an expression of divine disapproval for a nation. Now, how many people were here on Wednesday? Okay, you don't got your hands up. I need you out here on Wednesday. Amen. I ain't looking. I ain't looking. <laughs> Pastor King did a great job. He taught on foundations. And man, that message stirred me up. I could talk about foundations. But everything that he said was 100% correct. You see, the foundation is what makes a building stand. If your foundation is shaky, every person that lives in the house, their lives are in jeopardy. Jesus said that we can't build our house on the sand, but he said what? Build your house on the rock. So when he's talking about building your house on the rock, he's talking about building your house on a foundation that will make sure that the house stands. Amen. Amen. I remember me and my wife, we we had a we had a house out in Kalarn. Some of you guys uh, visited that house when we lived out there. But it was a nice house. But the house got a little bit too expensive for us. And we didn't really need the space anymore. So we decided that we would downsize. But before we were able to sell the house, we had to have people come in and inspect the house so that we can do full disclosure on the house. Amen. And when they came in and they checked the house, they saw that we had cracks in our walls. And immediately they realized that we probably had some foundation issues. So we ended up having to, uh, you know, call a couple of people. You know, we called around town, a couple of local companies, um, Alpha Foundation and um, Ram Jack. I think those are the two people that we call. And, um, you know, they came out, they gave us some quotes and stuff, and we went with the cheaper of the two. Glory. <laughs> How many people out there know that right now the United States has some serious foundation issues? They have serious foundation issues. Now, listen, I'm not sitting here saying that the United States has ever been a perfect country. By any means. The house has never been perfect. Okay, well, I mean, there was some stuff that happened in the bed. Okay, maybe some of the bedrooms were messed up. Uh, probably a couple of bathrooms didn't work the way that they should have. Maybe the water didn't run. We had some plumbing issues in the house. But even with all of that stuff that was going on, the foundation was intact. It has always been a Christian nation. They've always said, this is what we do. This is what we stand on. These are the things that are important to us. And I know y'all looking at me like, well, maybe not. Yes, it was. So much so that... Out of 126 college universities, the very first ones that were created in this country, 123 of them were Christian colleges. And I'm not just talking about fly-by-night colleges, I'm talking about Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth. These are Ivy League schools. And every last one of them, they started 
with the thought in mind that everybody needed to learn the gospel. That was the reason why they opened those universities. To make sure that people would understand who God is. What he expects out of us. You see, the Bible says that except the Lord build a house, they that build it labor in vain. Why? Because when the Lord builds a house, the first thing that he does is he establishes the foundations of the house. And the ones that are laboring in vain are the ones that came in and they replaced the true foundation with a faulty foundation. And that faulty foundation is incapable of making the house stand. So then you say, well, Jeff, what faulty foundations are you talking about? Look around and pick one. Atheism, faulty foundation. Buddhism, Sikhism. Feminism, Republicanism, Democratism, anything that you replace that with is a faulty foundation and eventually it will make it so that the house is going to fall. The house cannot stand. Somebody's going to have to call out the foundation. Somebody's going to have to have Grab Jack come through and check this out and fix these foundations because it will make it so that the house falls. Somebody say the foundation has to be fixed. Now in the fourth chapter of Deuteronomy, Moses is admonishing the children of Israel. And he's talking to them about the laws that God had given them. And he says, therefore, keep therefore and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. Check this out. Which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who have God, who have God so near unto them? As the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments, so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? What nation is there? You see, this is what he's, what he's talking about. He said, when the nations around you look and see the things that are taking place in your nation as a result of the foundations that we've laid here in this country, these people are going to wonder and they're going to be in awe. Now me, I used to be a lot into um, political philosophy and things like that. I used to read a lot of stuff. Um, and one of the people whose uh, work that I, that I read a lot of was um, Alexis de Tocqueville. He was a, uh, in the 1800s, he was a philosopher, okay, a political philosopher, and he was from France. And it says that he had come from France to the United States in the 1800s, and he wrote this book about what he saw. And there were things that stood out to him that were different about America in the 1800s than they were in France. And the first thing that he realized and that he recognized that was different, he said that in the United States of America there weren't that many prisons. But he said that over in his country, they was filled up with them. They had prisons everywhere. 
And the next thing that he said that you realize, he said that the relationship between religion and freedom in his country, that the two were diametrically opposed one to another. To where one of them was going left and the other one was going right. But he said that when he was here in America, that religion and freedom were so intertwined that it was almost impossible for the average American to imagine having the one without the other. That's where we were at. You see, democracy works great when the people are righteous. That's the same thing that Paul was saying when he said, well, you know, the laws weren't made for a righteous man. It was made for an unrighteous man. That's what it was made for. But when that goes left, the freedom is going to go out with it. That's why the governor of Pennsylvania, William Penn, he said, those that won't be governed by God, he said, they'll be ruled by tyrants. Or Dr. Stanley Monteith, he said, he said, um, when liberty leads to a loss of order, the demand for order is going to lead to a loss of liberty. So it's so important here in the United States to know what it is that this foundation provides for us. Amen. So then, the responsibility it lands where? Oh, come on, Mike. Y'all give it up for Mike, the people. Amen. It's brother locked in. It's the individual. It's the individual. So then, the question is, how do we influence the individual in such a way? That they change their heart and that they change their mind and they walk the way that they're supposed to walk. What is it that God gave us to make sure that the individuals are doing the things that they're supposed to be doing? Turn with me to Deuteronomy 11 and 19. And it reads... And you shall teach them your children, speaking of them, when thou sittest down in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. How do we influence the individual? You see, according to this scripture right here, this teaches us that it is the family's responsibility to teach the individual. That responsibility, it falls back on the family. And what's happening in America is that Satan has been, he's been, this, this, he's been destroying the family unit. He's been, he's done it very effectively. He's been very effective in destroying the family unit. He's, ever since he got here, the very first thing that he did was start destroying 
the family. When the first two people got here, that's the first thing that he did. He looked to destroy the family. I want you to turn with me to the third chapter of Genesis, the first verse. How does he destroy the family? And it reads, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Thou shalt not eat of every tree in the garden? How does he destroy the family? You know, what did he do? What did he do? The very first thing that he did was what? He attacked the foundation. Your faith. Your faith in the words of God. That's the first thing that has to be attacked. That's the first thing that has to be taken. Because if you have faith in the word of God, it will lead you, it will guide you, it will direct you, and it will help you to make the decisions that you need to make in order to be, be successful. So the first thing that he does is he attacks the word of God. Now here in this society, how does he attack the word of God? Colleges, universities. Oh man, we got the smartest people here on earth and they figured out that it was all false. None of it's real. We don't know how to, we don't, we don't know whether this stuff is real or not. We don't have the original documents. They'll give you any excuse in the world. And they'll try to use their intellect to make you feel like you're believing in something that's not real. And that's not true. But how many people out there know that your intellect, you will never ever be smart enough to find out who God is. I don't care how much you know. You see, the Bible says that the world by wisdom knew not God. You cannot find God with wisdom. I don't care how much information you have. Your intellect cannot help you find God. When Jesus was talking to Peter, what did he say to him? He said, who do these people say that I am? Now, those people were smart. Those people weren't stupid. Those people were very smart. Those Jews, they were the people some smart people. They weren't stupid. They were very smart. But he said what? Who do they say that I am? Some of them say you're Moses. Some of them say that you're Elijah. Now, who do you guys say that I am? Thou art the Christ. And he told him what? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Why? You see, these are spiritual things, and they are spiritually discerned. You will not find God by reading a bunch of books, and all of a sudden, you got the truth. You don't got the truth. You don't need the truth out of books. You need the Spirit of God. But he's trying to shake your foundations, to move you out of the way. Now, check this out. What's the second thing that he's going to do? Genesis, the third chapter, four through five. And the reason the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die, 
For God let them know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes are going to be open. And you're going to be like God's. Knowing good and evil. That's a pretty good deal, right? Not coming from you. <laughs> Anybody got, that, that got the title, you know, the father of lies, you probably shouldn't listen to him. Not coming from him. You see, so the first thing he's going to do, he's going to try to remove your foundation. And then the second thing that he's going to do, he's going to replace it with a good deal. Or something that sounds like a better deal. Well, how come you don't find, oh man, you know, I like to go out here and I like to do this. I like to play over here. I like to play over there. Why should I be married to one woman when I can have a whole stable of them? Oh, well, wait a minute. No, I'm a diva. You know what I'm saying? I got one man that cut the yard. I got another one that get my hair done. And I got another one that get my nails done. And then I got the other one that I sleep with every now and again. And this system works out better for me. And it sounds good. And then you got somebody that says what? Oh, well, you know, I don't really believe in what the Bible says about marriage, you know. You know, we, we ain't really going to get married. You know, I, I love her, you know, and, and then um, I, I'm going to, you know, we, we stay together. You know, and, you know, I take care of her and she takes care of me, but we don't really got to be married. That way we can fill each other out and see if it's something that works and, you know, and then if it works, you know, then we'll stay together. We, you know what I'm saying? It's just a little test run. We know people that have been doing test runs for the last 15 years. A test run. And then once you get old and used up, then you get out here and ain't nobody good. Oh man, these women ain't nothing, man. These women ain't nothing, man. All of them bad. And then the woman doing the same thing. Oh man, these men ain't nothing. All of them bad. Your foundation was out of place. You see, because when your foundation is in the right place and you walk up on somebody else and, and their foundation is in the wrong place, you notice it immediately. You realize that I can't be in a relationship with everybody. You pick and you choose and you scrutinize. Why? Because the word of God is the foundation inside of you. And it defines everything. It shines light on everything. And there's nothing hidden from that light that exists inside of you. You can see everybody. But what's happening is we're making it okay for that person in front of us to not have a good foundation because the house is beautiful. It's leaning a little bit, but the house is nice. Come on. Now maybe maybe later on at a later date, I can um I can call uh, Alpha Foundations or Ramjack and they can come in here and they can straighten this thing up and we'll be straight. You won't be. The foundation has to be right at the beginning. You go into it with the, with, with, the, with the foundation being right. That's the way that it works. You pick somebody. They pick you. You guys commit to one another. You guys take care of one another. You guys start a family. Two principled people. 
and it works. I'm committed to you, you're committed to me. I take care of you, you take care of me. We take care of our child. The man is in submission to God, the woman is in submission to the man, and the children are in submission to the parents. It works every single time. Look at your name and say it works. I don't even know where I'm at. I went off the cuff. Hold on. <laughs> Glory to God. So the last thing we'll talk about, how important is the family unit? How, is important, how important is the family unit? You see, because this is the way that the family unit should be established. Right? And this is a question that has to be answered. And it's something that has to be dealt with because... Just um, just last week, I was having a conversation with a 16-year-old young man, and I was speaking to him about this. You know, you know, you know, brother, you almost, you know, in the dog. What you gonna do? You gonna go to college? When you want to get married? Have kids? How many kids you want? What you want to do? That brother looked at me and said, "Um, uh, you know." I don't even know if I want to have kids. I don't even know if I want no family. I looked at him. I said, brother, you want a family. And I tried to explain to him, the world is a cold place. It's hard to find people that love you just because they love you. Your family is your protection from the things in the world. And I had the same conversation with another young woman and she told me the same thing. I don't even know if I want to get married. No. You need to be married. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I get it. You know, you, you're around your parents. You know what I'm saying? Your parents got your back. You know, and everything is cool and you feel like everything is, you know, I don't really got to worry about this, but I need you to look into the future because your parents aren't always going to be here. And once they leave, you'll be walking around here by yourself. Wishing that you could go back and maybe make a different decision. But time is unforgiving. And if you make certain decisions, there's some stuff that you just don't get to go back and do. The family is the unit that was established by God to keep you safe. Now, I just wanted to read a couple of things to you guys. Now, these are stats. These are stats. Because I want, I want to hear some of these things. And I just looked up some of these things because I thought that some of these things were eye popping. I'm sitting here and. I mean, pop. Pop. Right. Pop up. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> now, these are stats that were presented by a man named Thomas Sowell. Thomas Allen is an economist, doctor of uh, economy. He's taught in some very prestigious schools, Howard, Cornell, Rutgers, Stanford, um, professor, smart man, really smart man. 
And some of the things, these are some of the quotes that I read that he said. Okay? And we need to look at these because what's happening is nobody wants to go back to the righteousness of God. Nobody wants to call it what it is. They say, oh, this is a, we have systemic problems. Oh, it's systemic racism. Nobody's going to tell you to go back to God. That's stuff that we have to figure out for ourselves. They're not going to tell you to go back and to establish the first foundations. But check these stats out. He said, the number one problem among blacks, and I'm just talking about blacks, white people having the same problems. Okay? And he says, the number one problem among blacks is the effect stemming from a very weak family structure. Children from fatherless homes are likelier to drop out of high school, die by suicide, have behavioral disorders, join gangs, commit crimes, and end up in prison. They are also likelier to live in poverty-stricken households. Next thing he said, what? In 1960, he said, just 22%. In 1960, that's what, 60 years ago. He said, only 22% of black children were raised in single-parent families. He said, 50 years later, more than 70% of black children were raised in single-parent families. The foundation is being destroyed. Is being ripped apart. Check this out. He said today roughly 30% of black people are poor. He said however, two parent families are rarely poor. He said only 8% of black married couples live in poverty. Only 8%. And he said, among black families, which both the husband and the wife work full time, the poverty rate is under 5%. Under 5%. If both of us are working, me and my wife are working full time, we're good. If both of us are taking care of the family, we're good. He said, poverty in black families headed by single women, 37%. 37%, that's a lot. That's over a third. That's a lot. He said, since 1973, and this is not him, this is actually a different stat that I saw. And I want you to check this out. He said, since 1973, over 63 million unborn babies have been killed by their mothers. 63 million with an M. Killed by their mothers. Why would I bring that up? Because roughly 85% of the women who had those abortions in the United States were unmarried. 85%. That's a lot. You see, I say this not to condemn anybody, but just to reiterate 
the importance of the family. It's important who it is that we join ourselves to. Pick somebody in the church. Pick somebody that loves Jesus Christ. And you love Jesus Christ. And both of you commit to the family because when this family structure is intact, you will have everything that you need. When everybody is doing what it is, because the reason why people don't want to be in the family today is because being a part of the family comes with responsibilities that a lot of them ain't really willing to do. We live in a nation where people are doing everything that they can to cut off responsibilities. And they think that they're doing themselves a favor by not taking on these responsibilities. But what they're really doing is cutting themselves off and leaving themselves in a world helpless. Why? Because families support out of love. But governments support out of necessity. I give it to you because I love you and I know that you need and I'll give you whatever it is. I jump in, I'll jump in front of a bullet for my kids. If somebody got to go, dad's gone. But that's the way that it's supposed to be. And the woman comes under the man and the children come underneath the parents and everything works. The abortion rate goes down. The poverty rates go down. The jail time, it goes down. It works. No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free. We hope you enjoyed today's message and invite you to fellowship with us at our new location. That's 32319 Blue Star Memorial Highway in Midway, Florida, 32343, where God wants to meet you midway. Until next time, faith family, be blessed. And remember, in Christ, you are totally free. No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free.